yo? How you living, girl? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, I am your host, I am Kyle Reese, for Prospects After Dark and Birds on the Black. Uh, look, for those of you who are new to Prospects After Dark, basically, we're going to talk a lot about Cardinals baseball. Uh, we're probably going to talk about booze. We're probably going to talk a lot of really amazing nonsense. Um, again, I don't I don't know how people do this. I, I'm still trying to figure out uh, uh, Twitter in the time of no Periscope. Um, but anyways, look, we have a plenty to actually talk about. We've got the Cardinals on a bit of a, 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 a bad run. We have some pretty great individual performances for the St. Louis Cardinals. We have uh, minor league baseball plenty to talk about. So whatever you guys want to talk about, I want to talk about as well. Uh, used to be Fly the L, Jeff Niehaus says, wait, what? Had? Yeah, Jeff, uh, welcome to Prospects After Dark. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm really excited to have you here, but I've missed you. I've missed everyone. To Cardinals Gifts, I missed you, bud. Uh, John Greco to John Greco, I raise my glass. Uh, we're going to start off tonight by talking about our uh, our birds on the black um, mug here. Uh, any product of birds on the black that has this logo here, the the profits of this go to uh, more than minors. It is an outreach program for the minor leagues that helps support minor leaguers. Uh, so please go to Birds on the Black, buy this stuff. The profits go to them. Uh, and this is an awesome mug. It's 16 ounces. It's wonderful. Uh, and to all of the pad people who are in here on a Thursday off night, uh, we raise our glass. We're drinking Buffalo Trace. I forgot to bring the bottle out. I don't have much left. And I'm trying to take it kind of easy tonight. Uh, let's see. GM Gersh says, Kyle Reese. Hello, GM Gersh. 68 inches and ugly says, the young and Parsons is enough for Scherzer. Scherzer changed my mind. It's not going to be enough. I would like for Cardinal fans to keep in mind that, you know, the Max Scherzer thing, yeah, uh, it'd be really great if John Mazalek and Michael Gersh were on the line with the Nats right now talking about Scherzer. But Scherzer is to the Nats kind of what, like, Wayno or Yachty is to the Cardinals. Maybe not at that same level. But the Nats are going to do everything they can to try to work out a contract with him because he means more to their organization than just success. Uh, that's part of the reason why they don't want to trade him. Remember, a couple years back, they were the worst team in baseball and went on a run and ended up winning the World Series. That's rare. That hardly ever happens. Uh, but it does happen, so they're probably holding out a little bit of hope there. Uh, but, you know, what I'll say in regards to that is you're not just going to trade the face of your franchise, uh, somebody that you consider to be the heart and soul of your modern ball club uh, for Paul DeYoung and Tommy Parsons. Uh, Parsons has a lot of work to do. Parsons is filthy tonight uh, as long as he's not throwing his fastball. And, you know, I don't really know what Paul DeYoung's value is right now. Not to diminish him. I think he's still an everyday player for the most part. Uh, he's just got to continue to hit consistently. So, uh, yeah, I'll say this. You know, would you trade uh, a couple years back when Wayno was doing well, would you have traded – for Starlin Castro and some fringy uh, potential middling bullpen option? No, probably not. John Greco says, yo, dog, what's up? Uh, John, it was a pleasure to see you out on the road the other day, but always feel free to stop and say hello and wave. I love it. VHS, to you, to Cards Gifts, to everyone in here, I raise my glass. Again, go buy all the products at Birth on the Black that have this. It benefits minor leaguers. We'll get into that, I'm sure, too. That first sip was my first sip of booze. Hello, Sarah Ann1212. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, hey, freaking cards. I'm going to raise my glass of beer just to make a little golden light uh, to you. We love you, freaking cards. 
Friggin' guards. Nick Plummer just made a great catch in center field for Springfield. I've got the game on on my TV. I'm casting it. Um, let's see. Good to see your face, Red October Rants, too. Uh, please bring your questions. Let's talk it over. Uh, friggin' cards, my man. Let's see. Uh, Plastic T says, who's playing short now with the young back? My guess is it's going to be uh, Paul DeYoung more than likely. I, uh, uh, Edmundo will slide over to the second, and uh, Tommy Edmund will play right field. I think that's a path of least resistance and what makes the most sense. Crawfee25 says, sub Kyle, if you could clone one position player on the current 40-man who would it be? I would be the lucky Pierre between two Tyler O'Neills. Absolutely. No, I'd probably Nolan Arenado, but, you know, Tyler O'Neill, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Jim Gershaw, can we please talk about Jack Ralston? The guy is intriguing. Yeah, Jack Ralston is pitching for Peoria tonight. Uh, he had let up one run through three innings when I decided to turn Pat on. Uh, he is six foot six, six foot seven. He comes directly over the top. He has a filthy breaking pitch, a, a lively fastball for being in the low 90s. Uh, he has major league potential. Now, remember when I say major league potential, that comes with the caveat that uh, that's a guy who makes the major leagues because of how rare that is. I think he could be a really intriguing bullpen option and in the near future. Um, I really like Jack Ralston. I can't wait to see how he progresses through the system. Uh, one thing about Jack Ralston is it seems like early on in games, he's firing strikes, firing strikes, firing strikes, and then it kind of slows down. And he might try to live on the fringes of the plate. And it doesn't really benefit him, especially at the lower levels where his his curveball is so good. But, yeah, Jack Ralston has a major league potential in there. Uh, when we get to doing the re-ranking of the Dirty 35, he's going to probably be in the top 25. But let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Uh, Ryan Reynolds says, what are your thoughts on a potential reunion with Shelby Miller? Look, uh, I am on record as saying just if a guy can pitch, get him in the organization. Get him in the organization right now if he has major league experience, minor league experience. Get all the arms you can. Uh, I Look, I don't have expectations for Shelby Miller. I don't expect to see uh, the promising minor league prospect Shelby Miller. But if the Cardinals can get something that resembles a couple solid innings out of him while they wait for people to get healthy or maybe more, then, yeah, t take, a, take a flyer on everyone. Like the kid that they got, uh, uh, whose name I can't think of right now because I'm an idiot, uh, the kid that they got uh, to the lefty reliever, uh, yeah, go ahead, bring him in. Bring every player that you can in like him that doesn't cost any money. Every time that they go and sign one of these guys uh, and it gives them more depth, that is a great thing. And it also takes away a little bit of the pressure that you feel to make an acquisition. And when you're feeling pressure to make an ac acquisition, when you're feeling desperate to make an acquisition, that's always when it backfires. That's always when you have to overpay. Uh, and I don't want the Cardinals to do that. I, I don't want them to get reactionary like fans do. Uh, I, I Look, I want them to and continue to improve the team. I definitely think there's questions to be asked about the lack of pitching depth entering the season. I, I remember talking about signing Jake Odorizzi uh, at a preseason prospect after dark. I remember talking about adding to the pitching depth. Cardinals didn't really do that, and we're feeling it now. Uh, but keep in mind that even though they didn't add to the pitching depth then, they still had quite a bit of pitching depth then. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's all hurt and relatively ineffective when it's being called upon, which I view as a a, um, a product of no minor league season in 2020, at least partially, uh, but everybody's dealing with it, so what can you do? Uh, KJ Dunn says, if I go back up here, uh, and again, guys, remember, I'm trying to read every question. Uh, KJ Dunn says, Scherzer isn't the only Nationals pitcher who checks a lot of boxes for St. Louis. See Brad Hand? Yeah, um... I, look, I even think John Lester, right? Uh, and I know that's not sexy, and I know Cardinal fans hate John Lester. Uh, but, like, you know, 
I would say that right now there aren't a lot of pitchers in baseball that don't check a lot of boxes for the St. Louis Cardinals because they need a lot of that. But yeah, yeah, look, Brad Hand would be an incredible acquisition for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I, again, I know that the peripherals are kind of concerning with Brad Hand, but uh, I just want as many arms in here as possible. So yeah, go get it. Hey, Nicole, uh, my favorite bald uh, per perpetrator. I am a bald perpetrator. That's it. Uh, I'm a bald something or another. Your favorite bald avocado. Pardon me, avocado. Uh, John Greco, is Delvin Perez a future MLBer? Let's wait and find out. Uh, Delvin has played a great defensive shortstop. We've seen that propel guys like uh, uh, Pete Cosmo to the major leagues. Uh, the Cardinals will try to get every dollar back they can out of their investment. So I think that helps his track to the majors. His bat has been better than the stats lead on. And that's tough, right? That's tough. I will say that I've been impressed with the aggressive, how how Delvin Perez has handled the aggressive promotion to double A. I've been impressed with it. And sure, the stats aren't there. And sure, he's still way out in front of breaking pitches. Uh, but I would say that, and I know the strikeout number is kind of high, but I'm, I think he's handled some at-bats really well. Remember, advanced promotion coming off of a lost 2020 season. And sure, he's not hitting above 300. I don't even think he's on base percentages above 300. But there are so many positives to take out of what we've seen out of the first five weeks of the minor league season with him. So uh, if I'm hedging, I'm going to say no. Uh, if I'm enlightening, I'm going to say yeah, because the Cardinals are going to try to get as much out of their investment as they can. But he still needs to continue to improve nearly every aspect of his game. He's a good base runner and a great fielder. Uh, and he's totally quick. And uh, those are all positives. Those are all trends in the right direction. Red, Red October Rant says, what are your expectations for Goldie for the rest of the year? You know, the thing with Goldie, they've always said that when it starts to get hot, that's when he heats up. Um, I view him as, you know, so, you know, all these years we've heard a little rumblings about back problems with Goldie or little nagging injuries here or there. And it just kind of looks like he might be feeling that all at one time. But look, Goldie's a professional. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, you're going to see something similar to his 2019 season uh, on the stat sheet. Uh, that's what I think. You know, it seems to me that all of the trends that he is experiencing now are similar to the trends that he was experiencing at the end of 2019. Also take this as some type of indication uh, that the whole protection thing is blown. It's blown way out of proportion. The guys in front of you do more because if you're wearing out a pitcher in front of a guy that says more like pitchers nowadays, they don't pitch based like, they pitch based on heat charts. They pitch based on what a, a hitter doesn't hit well. You'll see more breaking balls and fastballs in some at-bats. And that's because pitchers don't pitch based on who's hitting after somebody. They pitch based on who's batting, and they pitch based on the situation within an at-bat. So that's, in my opinion, why you're seeing someone like Tyler O'Neill. Look, Tyler O'Neill's good. We're seeing the best version of Tyler O'Neill. We knew that this was coming. We knew it was coming. It didn't look like it for a second, but we knew it was coming, and it's happening, and the kid deserves all the credit. But when you get through Arenado and Goldie, and then Tyler starts hitting, he starts getting pitches, uh, he, he starts ha beating hangers. Like, that's all positive. So that's a long diatribe uh, just to say I expect Goldie to look a lot like 2019 when it's all said and done if he's healthy. Uh, I am Nick Malone says, uh, Lib's got to be in rotation next year, right? No Carlos, maybe Kim Urueno, Jack Hudson. I have no idea what to expect out of next year. Uh, I am focused solely on on Matthew Libertor being as healthy as possible. Uh, 
being in a position to contribute contribute to the major league roster this season in whatever capacity. I would imagine that he'll put himself in a position to come to spring training with a chance to be uh, in that rotation. I think that the Cardinals want that, and I think that he's on that track right now. But as far as, like, predicting it, I got nothing for you. Uh, I think as you name these people, you know, uh, Carlos, Kim, Wayno, Jack Hudson, you know, like you said, no Carlos. Uh, I don't think Kim is uh, uh, under contract. I could be wrong about that. No telling what's going to happen with Wayno. Jack is hurt right now. Hudson is hurt right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's got a very good shot to be in the rotation next year. I think it also tells us that the Cardinals would do well to acquire pitching uh, before the trade deadline that will impact their roster next year. Don't just look at those those short options. Uh, I know people have pointed to Jose Barrios. That's going to be a tough, a tough player to get from the Twins. Cardinals fan 022 says, are you any sort of shock that we are seeing this elite level we are seeing out of ton? No, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, everybody's talked about Ton having like 160 at-bats uh, this season, 160 at-bats that season, 500-something at-bats uh, in total. Like, how come this isn't happening? How come it hasn't happened yet? Well, you're talking about 150 at-bats over a short sample and then and then spread out over months. And then last year, you're talking about 160 at-bats over like two months, uh, which, you know, over a month because the Cardinals had so many games in such a short period of time. So I am not surprised at all. This is the drum we've been banging about Tyler O'Neill from the beginning. This is Tyler O'Neill trusting his process, hunting for his pitch. This is the true minor league Tyler O'Neill playing at the major league level. He just needs to continue to do what he's doing, and the Cardinals will benefit from it, and his his wallet will benefit from it too. Uh, so no, I am not surprised. I'm happy for him. He's an awesome dude, and he deserves it. Victoria, hello. How are you? Hey, Jay Drake. Uh, how are you, sir? It's great to have you. Uh, follow Jay Drake 349 on Twitter. Uh, he he does some great stuff. He's at uh, high school games, I think, college games, minor league games. Uh, I like Jake. I, I like Jake a lot. Uh, 68 Inches and Ugly says, is it me or do the cards need the same type of trade they made with Toronto back in 2011? But the question is, who is the, the Colby Rasmus in that deal? Yeah, look, the Cardinals need to strengthen their entire major league team from top to bottom you know they need a starter they need a reliever they probably need a bench bat uh they probably need a lefty and a right-handed reliever but they had to give up colby rasmus and then another lefty to get it done um uh so who is the colby rasmus you know uh, it's not tyler o'neill it's not tommy edmund maybe it's harrison bader but i don't you know he's coming off an injury i just they do need to make that trade. They do need to fortify their team. But remember, that came right at the deadline, and that kind of trade just isn't going to happen yet. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, if your point is that the Cardinals just need to get stronger in every aspect. Uh, let's see. Sorry, guys. You guys have brought the questions hard, and I'm sorry that I, uh, I haven't been getting to uh, getting to yet. Uh, hold on. Uh, John Greco says, I need a beer. Hold on. I need a drink. Uh, Kyle, name one pitcher uh, and one position player in our system who are potentially future all-stars. You know, the all-star thing's tough. Um, I'll say Nolan Gorman. I think of Nolan Gorman, who has played a better second than third, and he's played an average third. I think if he kicks on at second base, that is an easy path to an all-star game, specifically with the adjustments that he's made. 
Uh, I, look, I, you guys know that I haven't been the most sold on Nolan Gorman. I am sold on Nolan Gorman, specifically because he's shortened up his swing and he's putting a lot of stuff on the outside corner and pitchers counts to left field. Again, that might not carry in Memphis. It might not carry at the major leagues. It might Or it might end up carrying right to an outfielder. But he's made a lot of really great adjustments. Don't just look at that strikeout rate because the strikeout rate doesn't tell you what he's doing within his bats. Look at my gifts. I'm giving you those illustrations. Uh, so I would say that right now. That's that's That would be my, my first if I had to pick one uh, uh, right now. And then from a pitching standpoint, uh, man – so what I really start thinking about right away is I start thinking about a starter in the minor leagues who might be able to make a relief appearance in a bullpen uh, at, for an all-star game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, the Cardinals pitching is kind of weird right now. They've got a lot of fringy guys. You know, Andre Payante is really good from a minor league perspective. Jack Ralston's really good. Counter Thomas has been better than he is. Uh, you know, Tommy Parsons hasn't been great. Um Zach Thompson has has been great in moments, but Tucker's out at the end of starts, and it kind of hurts him. Maybe he leaves a couple pitches over the middle of the plate because he doesn't get the inside pitch to righties. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really have a good answer for a pitcher there. Um, I, I still think there's a chance that that ends up being Cody Whiteley. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. He's not the same guy that I've seen. Hello, Zach. How are you? I love you, buddy. Zach, to Zach, Zach Gifford and to uh, all the birds on the black people, I raise my glass. You're the best, Zach. Uh, VHS says, what happened to Ian Bedell? I must have missed it. Bedell had to have Tommy John surgery, but it sucks. Uh, GM Gersh says, Alec Burleson has been crushing it all year. Will he end up in Memphis or St. Louis to end the year? It won't be St. Louis. I wouldn't, man, I think that you're talking about uh, Lars Newbar having to be hurt for an extended period of time, which I think is going to happen. I haven't been able to get an official clarification on what that arm slash wrist injury is or how long he's going to be out for. But, you know, you're still talking about the Cardinals giving up on Lane Thomas and Justin Williams, which they haven't done yet. Uh, not acquiring an outfielder, which I still think is on the table. Uh, Harrison Bader being out for an extended period of time. Carlson or O'Neill not being as good as they are. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe even someone like Justin Turner, who hasn't been great, but, you know, maybe getting in a shot before him. So I don't think MLB is in the question. But I do think with some of these Peoria or these, some of these Springfield guys, you know, Gorman, Baker, Burleson, I could see all of them getting a chance out in the Memphis outfield, specifically because, like, Matt Caesar's out there. You know, nothing against Connor Capel, but Connor Capel's out there. Uh, I could definitely see them getting a shot in the uh, Memphis outfield. Uh, Forever Card says, Odorizzi has, a, Oza, Odorizzi has a 5.16 FIP and has spent time on the IL. I'm not sure he would do much for them, but I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I, like, sure, I, I still maintain it was wouldn't have been a bad thing to do, but what I'm getting at is arms. Just give me those arms. And the FIP, you're right, it sucks. But sometimes the FIP can be misleading. And also, the IL stent sucks. The Cardinals don't need any more IL stents. I, I, but I was using Odorizzi more as a, hey, we knew going into this year, and we talked about it on Prospects After Dark, that the Cardinals needed more pitching depth. Uh, and, you know, again, all of those guys got hurt. Uh, uh, you know, Kim's been hurt. Michaelis has been hurt. Flaherty's been hurt. Uh, you know, it's been like a steady stream of injuries that overuse in the bullpen. But I was more just using Odorizzi. And you're right. I, I wanted the Cardinals to sign him. I wanted them to look at him and look at other people. Um, but using Odorizzi is kind of like a, hey, it seems like everyone who had half a brain was clamoring for more pitching. And the Cardinals are kind of in a bad, a bad shape because they didn't address it. 
You know, even bringing back somebody like Nabil Krizmat would have been big. Not like Krizmat's been great either, but it's just another arm that 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 would have helped the Cardinals as they dealt with all the shit. Big Ol' Buck says, I like how Gibson is mid-rotation. Fit for us thoughts. Also, don't ever trade Alec Burleson. Yeah, the ECU community feels the same way too, Big Ol' Buck. You know, my thought is Kyle Gibson, uh, I think – I think acquiring Kyle Gibson to be a middle of the rotation arm for the St. Louis Cardinals gives you an idea of how bad the current pitching situation is with the St. Louis Cardinals. Like he's the kind of guy that you would want to try to be healthy, just came off the IL, and be an innings eater kind of at the back end of a rotation, similar to Odorizzi. Like that's the kind of thing you want. You just want stability back there with those guys. But uh, um, the Cardinals are in a situation where they would need more out of him. So yeah, look, again, bring them all on. I don't even care who they are. Trisha Hudson says, good evening. Trisha, to you, I raise my glass to Zade Richardson. To hashtag go Peoria Chiefs, we raise our glass. I hope Zade's doing well. He took a tough ball to the uh, the hand yesterday, got him the game-winning RBI, which I guess the fact that was good. But let me look, I've been thinking about him. I was actually going to DM you and ask you how he's doing. But uh, to, to the Peoria Chiefs, to Trisha Hudson and to Zade Richardson, we raise our glass. Cardinals Gift says, which, major le- which minor leaguer has moved, quote-unquote, it, it being my very small penis, the most so far this year. And, you know, like, honestly, Alec Burleson, his nickname's Burley. He comes from ECU. Those ECU people love him. Like, they worship at his altar. Uh, he'd be one of them. Uh, not to make it awkward for Trisha Hudson, uh, Zade Richardson, what he's been able to do has been awesome. Uh, you know, it's been a really – Evan Mendoza. Watching Evan Mendoza's contact tool, he's got kind of an Edmundo Sosa thing going on where he's just hitting the ball. And I love that. You know, uh, Jacob Schlesinger uh, has made some really intriguing um, uh, strides. Evan Sisk has made some really intriguing slides. Kyle Le- uh, Lehigh right now, uh, or Leahy rather, for Springfield, is pitching amazing tonight after just getting rocked in his first three or four starts. He's putting together a couple really, really good starts for Springfield. That's got me excited. Avon uh, uh, Herrera, the way Avon Herrera takes at bats, exciting awesome nolan gorman the, the strides that he made awesome luke and baker hits everything hard and it's impressive uh brendan donovan what brendan donovan's been able to do chandler redmond smoking balls uh torres and nunez at, at peoria torres's numbers might not be like flashy and amazing uh nunez hits everything hard but torres has been asked to lead off and he's trying to take off a lead off approach and i think it's kind of altered how he what he does uh, look, there, there are a ton of guys who make this little thing hard. Uh, says, uh, SEO Cards, uh, Minnesota Vikings says, not sure why they can't just trade the entire farm system for DeGrom. I would die to have Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know, it would never happen, of course, but, yeah, that's that's the guy i target. Uh, Mr. Automatic says, Burleson, we love that Alec Burleson. Forever Card says, talk about the hitting at the lower levels and if that's an indication of the do- job Steinhorn has done. Well, Steinhorn came in a little bit later, so I, like – I wouldn't say it's that. I would say that it's more a organizational wide. So, uh, by the way, forever cards. Either <laughs> this goes to everyone. Either listen to the stuff that I do, uh, uh, or don't. But don't slide into my DMs if you're not going to listen to the stuff I do, or you're not going to listen to the stuff I, pr- I put out. I appreciate you being in here. I'll continue to answer it. Uh, but look, I go on these things because those people want to have me on. I'm not interested in having a following. I am not interested in like building anything. It's a whole weird thing with me. I want to entertain, but I don't. Uh, I don't want a following that comes with the entertainment. It's a whole mind fuck. I apologize, but uh, uh, like, just listen. 
just listen. Listen to the Cardinals Off Day podcast. It's amazing. Listen to Chirps. It's amazing. Uh, spend some time uh, helping to grow those other audiences through me. I'll, I'll answer all of these questions. But uh, there has been a change of approach specifically with lefties, less so with righties, where everything is about breaking the shift, it seems, specifically with pitches that are on the outside half of the plate. And a lot of lefties have bought into it and are employing it specifically at the lower levels. We've seen Evan Mendoza employ it specifically at the upper levels, Kramer Robertson too. Uh, and it's worked out really well for a lot of these guys. They're also, they've also employed the Yadier Molina, Tyler O'Neill method where they're up there swinging to do damage, uh, looking for a pitch in the middle of the plate to do damage with. And I believe that that's an organization wide thing that of course stems from Albert. Definitely Steinhorn has something to do with but also has to do with some of the pitching lab things that they push. Now, I'd also want to say real fast, uh, the comment, the last comment was at 8.17 that I've read. Uh, it's 8.30 right now. I'm trying to get to all of them. I'm very long-winded right now, and I apologize. John Greco says Alex Reyes in the 2022 rotation. It could happen, but remember, the 2022 season isn't going to happen because of a, a labor strike. No, I, I would like to see that, but, I mean, what's Alex Reyes going to have, 60 innings? I don't think that they'll make that transition, and I think he'll make himself too valuable in the back end of the bullpen to transition. It's it's the Trevor Rosenthal effect. Hey, IwanX says, is Mendoza's future position shortstop or is there going to be utility type? Uh, can I answer that question? Yes. You know, back in the day, I would have said that uh, Tommy Edmonds' future position was shortstop, uh, and I would have said with the potential to be a utility if needed. Uh, I think we always wanted Tommy Edmonds to be that utility type, but that's like Evan Mendoza's kind of like Tommy Edmonds in that regard where – He's going to play all over the place, but don't think for one second that he couldn't be a majorly caliber defensive shortstop on a regular basis. Maybe not, you know, not uh, Ozzie Smith level, not Francisco Lindor level, but serviceable. Paul DeYoung level for sure. Uh, and again, that's not to diminish what Paul DeYoung's done. Obviously, Paul DeYoung is a very, very good defensive and has a, a, a history now, a record of being a very good defensive major league shortstop. Uh, we're, Manser says, do you think Burleson will be up to AAA by the end of the season? If he keeps, if he keeps hitting like this, I do. Uh, let's see. You're too kind. I mean it, Jake. You're a cool dude. It's Jake, Jake Drake. Hey, follow this guy. I'm a fucking asshole. God, I'm so stupid. All right. Again, I'm trying to get to all the questions. I appreciate him coming in. I'm having a blast. It's been a long time since we've done it. Gus Sports at 820. Again, it's 832. Says, I know nothing about the draft this year. What should I pay attention to everything. Pay attention to everything. Uh, I would tell you to go to Birds on the Black, uh, the podcast network. Ben Cerruti interviewed William Bohr from MLB.com, and they kind of went over uh, a little precursor to the draft, uh, uh, specifically in regards to some of the names that really interest Ben. I will also tell you that the amazing folks at Prospects Live are doing the draft thing that they did last year, which I was able to take part in last year. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this year. Follow all of Prospects Live's draft coverage. It's free. It shouldn't be because it's so top tier, and you really need to sub you really really need to follow it. It's better than anything else you're going to find out there for the draft, uh, specifically if you're broke like I am. Uh, that's not to diminish what Baseball America does. If you feel so inclined, subscribe to them because that's a worthy a worthy thing too. Uh, but I, look, I have not. In case you guys don't uh, haven't noticed, I've been watching four minor league base, three minor league baseball games a night with audio on. Uh, I just haven't had time to delve into the draft. I apologize for that. Uh, Drew Maurizio, hey Drew, what's up, brother? To you, sixty-eight inches and ugly says over under three and a half cards in the All Star. I'll take the under easy. 
Uh, Drew Maurizio says, is Zach Thompson's year concerning to you? No, no. Remember, context is important with all of these minor leaguers. Zach Thompson was drafted in 2019, pitched 12 or some 12 something innings at the minor league level, 10 or 13 or something innings at the minor league level in 2019. Completely lost his 2020 season, and you know, sure he was at minor league spring training uh, for both years. But you go from Kentucky to a small taste, the University of Kentucky, to a small taste of minor league baseball, to losing an entire season, to being put at Triple A, the highest level of minor league baseball. There was always going to be an adjustment period there. Uh, as I mentioned with the start yesterday or whenever it was, two days ago, I can't even keep track. As I mentioned with the start a couple days ago, uh, I was impressed, and I've been impressed with, like, the first 70 pitches of nearly all of his starts, except for one, the one he got blown up with, against Gwinnett the first time, has been really, really good. He just seems to tucker out after 70 pitches. Uh, one thing that I've been frustrated with is it seems like he isn't getting – the inside fastball to righties. The umpires won't give it to him. And that forces him to kind of sneak that pitch a little bit further and further over the middle of the plate. And that's when it gets hammered. It is definitely a key for him as it is for every pitcher to work ahead in counts. When he gets behind an account, things get dangerous. He leaves too much over the middle of the plate. Uh, he's still kind of pitching with that collegiate mentality in that regard. Uh, but no, look, there have been times where he was dominant when he's dialed in and he's dominant. And I'm impressed by that because I think it's a big ask uh, for him to be dominant at the level he's at following what he's gone through in the last two years. Iowa Neck Derek says, should we be concerned about Ortega or Ortega start? Or does it matter uh, with the other catching prospects? It's tough with Dennis Ortega because he's been so good defensively when he's played and he hasn't really played a lot lately. Uh, his bat has been terrible for sure. And he's kind of like falling off and getting at bats. So yeah, there's a concern there. But what I will say is that entering the 2021 season, uh, I don't think Dennis Ortega was on many. I mean, you, you, Derek, because you are very well versed in the organization, but um, I don't think he was on many prospect radars anymore. So I think it was encouraging that he he made enough of an impression in spring training and he was good in spring training to get the Memphis uh, assignment. Um, but I definitely am worried about his bat. I am not worried about his defense. His defense has been stellar when he's played. And uh, that was always where his bread was going to be buttered. Uh, 68 inches and ugly says Zach Thompson is, should be a reliever. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Uh, Jaybird 86. What's up, bro? Thoughts on Kisner's struggles lately. I don't have any thoughts. You know, I, uh, I'm disappointed that it's happening. I think that he is just in a position where he has to impress defensively. I would imagine that the Cardinals have told him, uh, don't worry about hitting it all. Just get back there and do whatever you can to prove that you're a good defensive catcher. And I think that he's embraced that and he's just trying to do all he can uh, at the plate. That that's my thoughts. Look, uh, I'm not concerned about his long-term offensive abilities. I, you know, he's not uh, Tony Cruz or anything like that. I think he's better than that. But uh, yeah, look, I, I'm. My thoughts are that I hate to see it happening, and I hope it doesn't continue. M H Fitz one says, "Hope Williams is recovering from his neck strain on the airplane." Yeah, uh, uh, not Hope Williams. Hope Justin Williams is recovering from his neck strain. Ryan Reynolds says, if I were to get MILB TV, who is the must-watch prospect outside of the main names, i.e. Gorman? Well, you know, it's the guys that I tweet about a lot, the guys that really impress me. Uh, Zade Richardson, if he's healthy. Uh, definitely pulling for him. He's really intriguing. Uh, uh, Chandler Redman at Peoria. First baseman, second baseman, big body, left fielder. Uh, kind, of, kind of a really fun lefty to watch who just has been kind of exposed by tough lefties. 
Oh, but he's interesting. You know, Brendan Donovan is one of my favorites. It's hard for me to not be aggressive with Brendan Donovan, to not make him a top 15 prospect. Uh, it might happen. It might not. I'm not even close to being there yet. Um, Luke and Baker, you know, kind of on the, the top of the line, kind of off the top of the line, he'd be on that list. If we could watch Palm Beach, I would tell you Patrick Romeri and Todd Lott, and I would tell you uh, Mason Wynn, but he's kind of a known commodity. Um uh, again, some of the names I mentioned earlier, Evan Sisk, a left-handed reliever. Um, uh, Jacob Schlesinger, uh, a left-handed reliever. Been really impressive. Right-handed reliever Edgar Escobar for Springfield. Right-handed reliever Ramon Santos for Springfield. Very, very impressive guys. Uh, Evan Mendoza at Spring or at uh, Memphis. Watch him. That, what I tell people whenever they say they're going to go, hey, I'm going to a minor league game. What should I? Who should I keep an eye on? Or, hey, I'm going to watch Springfield tonight. Who should I keep an eye on? Watch the game and let somebody catch your eye. That's that's the fun in all this with the minor leagues. Uh, you tell me, Ryan Reynolds, get back to me in two weeks and tell me who's caught your eye. It's worth the price for sure. Uh, Todd, Todd, Thiessen says, bring back Jaime. I'm on board. Brian Hellman says, Miss Pat Kyle, I hope you're drinking Buffalo Trace. I am drinking Buffalo Trace, Brian Hellman. To you, again, that was at 826. It's 838 right now. I promise I'll get to all the, uh, the comments. Jimmy Fleming says, we back, better late than never, that Irving Lopez pivot on the triple play, right? Like, man, between uh, Ascanio and uh, Lopez and that stretch by Mendoza, what a great moment, a nice triple play for Memphis yesterday. Alec Mitchell says, Alec is our best prospect, and the fact we share a name has no influence on that statement. It's been really cool to see what Alec Burleson has developed into. You know, uh... Obviously, the, the second-round pick, the Cardinals' fourth overall pick in the draft, uh, 2020 draft. But to see the former two-way player commit fully to the outfield, to see him start the year at Peoria, which is a pretty aggressive promotion, war, or a pretty aggressive start for a recent draft pick, warrant a promotion to Springfield. And then some of the, to adjust at Springfield to some of the things he struggled with at Peoria has been like the biggest key for me. Uh, to watch him use the entire field to get base hits has been very, very encouraging to me. Uh, you know, obviously the pitching at Peoria is not as good as the pitching at Springfield. And for him to adjust on the fly like that is really the most encouraging thing about what I've seen. So, yeah, look, he has been so damn impressive. I, Alec Burleson at this point would definitely be a top 10 prospect in the Cardinals organization. There's there's a lot about Alec Burleson that reminds me of Sean Casey. I've tweeted about it a lot, the former Red and Tiger first baseman. But from like a stat line perspective, and you know, I used to say this about um, Dylan Carlson too back in the day before he he put on more weight and uh, you know became a little bit more mature of a hitter, is like he has that Steven Piscotty approach. Piscotty got a little pull hoppy happy and started hitting for power, and that like that kind of hurt Piscotty. If Burleson just if Burley keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be around for a long time. Iwanek says, Evan Krasinski, Krasinski seems to have righted the ship some. What have you noticed? I've noticed that he's lived exclusively with the fastball and changeup, using those off of each other. I remember, I could be remembering this incorrectly, but he had a really rough first appearance uh, after coming off of the IL. You know, you wonder about that. There's a lot to take into account there. And then he had one bad start or one bad appearance that was two innings and he gave up two home runs and I believe it was both in the second inning and it was either his first or second multi-inning performance I think that kind of plays into it a little bit 
But, you know, he's hardly used his breaking pitch, and he's gone with mostly fastball and changeup, and that's really benefited him. Uh, again, I don't know how that would play at the next level, but that's what I've noticed so far. George Malone says, the Cardinals off day guys seem to think that Tommy is overrated. They think he's an old-school player. Uh, how do you assess him? Look, he's definitely an old-school player. You know, he runs the base as well. He hustles on every play. He makes, a, you know, he's going to rely on Babbitt to get him on base. I do view him as an everyday second baseman. The problem is I view him on an everyday second base. I view him as an everyday second baseman on a team that has more firepower. So I understand specifically what Ben Humphreys is saying in regards to him. Uh, Springfield gifts right now, if you could see what was going on in Springfield. Um, uh, uh, like I, I get what he's saying in regards to Tommy Edmond in that regard. And I definitely get the philosophy about, uh, you know, he'd be a great utility player. I get that. But, you know, he's been a show-stopping de- defensive second baseman. You can't ask for anything more than that. And if he's hitting the way he is, uh, then he's, he's an everyday player. But, you know... Uh, it, it's reasonable to understand why people might not think that it's sustainable because there's a history of that kind of high batting average, low walk when you're kind of a slap contact guy, not, not coming through. What I will also say about Tommy Edmond is Tommy Edmond is on base every game, every game. And it's amazing to watch. Uh, so I, look, I view him as a major leaguer. I wish the Cardinals lineup was better so that we wouldn't be sweating over him. He would just be like, uh, uh, the Tony Womack of the team, but because he has to have a prominent offensive role, it kind of shines a light on him and his role a little bit hotter than it needs to be. Uh, Trisha Hudson, are you hearing anything on Dean or Hurst? I have not. No, no. Uh, I don't think Hurst is close, and I think Dean is taking swings. Trisha Hudson said, uh, Zay Richardson is doing okay. He's beat up a bit, but he will be fine. Awesome. All right. Awesome. And they definitely have been coming in on him. Thank you. To Zay Richardson. To, hey, look, to all of the catching prospects in the Cardinals organization who have been Impressive, and I'll miss a couple of them. But, you know, Ortega behind the plate. Uh, uh, at Springfield, Herrera, uh, Aaron Antoniti, uh, Nick Raposo, who's catching today. Uh, Zade Richardson, Pedro Pajes. Uh, uh, Christian Longo, who's only caught one game for Peoria. Uh, the Cardinals have a good depth at, at catch at, at the catching position. So do the catchers. And to Trisha and to Zay, we raise our glass. Jay Bird says, Kyle gets it. I don't understand anything. Todd says, I want to follow, but do not follow. Uh, A.K. Neatman 15 says, safe to say Kisner isn't future catcher after Yachty. I still think it's safe to say that he's not the future catcher after Yachty because Yachty's going to play two or three more years. Uh, uh, that's what I think, yeah. Um, George Malone says, the Cardinals off the guys. The Cardinals off the guys seem to think, oh, Cardinals day off guys seem to think Tommy is overrated. Uh, old school player, how do you assess Tommy? Uh, again, that was at 8.31. It's 8.44. I'm about 13 minutes behind. I will get to every question as soon as I can. Uh, you're just going to have to stick in. I'm sorry about that. CardsFan022 says, what is going on with Lane Thomas? Feels like he strikes out every time. A confidence issue. Yeah, look, uh, you know, Lane Thomas got two AAA games, right? Or one AAA game and then brought back up to the majors to sit on the bench. The Cardinals did no favors for Tom, uh, Lane Thomas. None at all. He needs to be at Memphis playing every day, regaining that confidence. He had a really great debut for Memphis. And then here he is sitting on the bench, getting a, uh, and a bat uh, every 10 days. It's a waste of a spot. It's a waste of talent. And remember, as the Cardinals go shopping for pitching, that is a bat that could have more value than it has right now if he was getting reps at AAA. Like, let me ask you, the looking at it this way, and this is why Lane Thomas is still on the roster because he can play center field, and that's good for him because it gets him a paycheck, and I'm happy about that. 
But Lane Thomas should have been the one going down to Memphis. It should not have been John Nagowski. Now, I've been pulling hairs at that point. But I mean for the long-term value of a player, it's it's Lane Thomas. He should go down there. He should get some value. Because if he had a little bit more value, if he was hitting at AAA, he would be an intriguing option for another team that might be willing to incorporate him in a deal for a pitcher that the Cardinals might be, in, uh, might be interested in. So I am a little frustrated by that. I've been frustrated by that almost since the minute he got called up. Cards, gifts. Oh, yeah, hold on. Uh, uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I should really work down to up. Uh, to Stu Styles and Cardinals gifts. They both were wearing my face underneath their Cardinal jersey when they were at Cardinals games in the last couple of weeks. Uh, look, honestly, I uh, I love Stu Styles. I love Cardinals gifts. Brothers from another mother, uh, uh, I raise my glass to you. Uh, the dumbest thing on earth is putting me anywhere near you, having me anywhere near you, and then putting me on you. But I'll be honest with you, if you wear that shirt, I will make sweet love to you. The idea, as a matter of fact, it should probably be its own like porn genre in, in you porn. Uh, people having sex with other people wearing shirts of their faces. I mean, I'd get into it. Who wouldn't? Uh, Spaghetti Jones, uh, Stu Styles, and Cards Gifts, we raise our glass. Iowa next says, Brendan Donovan, Donovan's best position is at second base. I think so. But I, that's where I've seen most of him at. You know, I, I watched a little bit in college of him playing third. He seemed to be able to handle third when he was playing there the other day at Peoria before getting promoted. He looked good. And I thought he handled left field for only his third game ever playing the outfield uh, pretty well. So, but yeah, look, he's played more second base than anywhere else. So I will say second base. Uh, Big old Buck says I like Baker a lot, also. But does he have a future here, or is he someone teams might value in a trade? Well, the thing about Luke and Baker is, I think that we can start tracing maybe potential trade pieces for the Cardinals before the break to what we were hearing during the Nolan Arenado times. Uh, in the offseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Woodford is a name that's thrown around a lot that other teams might want. Or Jan Torres or uh, Luke and Baker. Yeah, I could see it all. You know, uh, I know Mike Schilt made some comments about the DH, this being the last year of pitchers hitting. But remember, that's not set in stone either. Uh, if it was, if it's as set in stone that the DH would be in the NL in 2022 as it is set in, as it was set in stone that they'd be in the NL in 2021. We all thought it would happen. It makes a lot of sense, but it isn't happening. It hasn't happened. So, uh, I, you know, of course, with the DH, a hitter, if he continues to hit, will find his way into the lineup. Uh, he's become a really good defensive first baseman. He's been surprisingly good over there, taking huge strides over what we saw at Palm Beach or at college at the collegiate level. It's been really impressive to watch him over there. I've been impressed nearly every game that he's been over there. He makes a great play. But, uh, yeah, you know, as long as Paul Goldschmidt's in the organization for another three years after this year, uh, that doesn't line up with his timeline. So if he rakes, it's going to rely on the DH. And if not, then it sounds like he might just be another guy who wastes away at the minors and then, you know, performs at a different on a different team. Jay Linhard, five, says, from a player's personnel standpoint, what is the system's biggest weakness? Well, middle, middle, uh, uh, middle infield, I would say. You know, the Cardinals – a lot of their outfield depth is at the major league level. Burleson helps quite a bit. Uh, you know, LJ Jones has played a little bit of first, a little outfield. Todd Lott has been mostly first, can play the outfield. I like to, I'd actually like to see Todd Lott in the outfield more because I think that that would uh, enrich their outfield depth. But, yeah, look, um, the pitching, the high-end pitching, the upper-end pitching isn't really there after Libertor from a, from a prospect standpoint. And that's not to diminish Payante. You know, it's not to diminish Jack Ralston or some of the other arms who I'm forgetting uh, 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 you, you know, uh, but other than other than Libertor and Thompson, 
there isn't much in the way of like upper potential upper, you know, mid rotation arms uh, in the organization. So um, that would be kind of a, kind of a question mark, but yeah, that'd be the two areas I would choose. Uh, I need to know the ingredients parts of a paint can Crawfee 25. So here's what you do. Um, If you want to do it the right way, you get paint thinner, right? And you empty out the paint thinner, you, you know, you use it to thin paint and then you don't wash it out. You take a rag and you clean the inside as much as you can. You try to get all the remnants out, and if you don't get it out, you don't. From there, you add a, uh, you get two paint cans. You add a half a bottle of Everclear into each one. You cut a frozen lime and a frozen lemon concentrate up in half. One goes in one paint can. Uh, you know, half goes in each paint can. Uh, then you put like a half a bottle of triple second each. Uh, and then you pour Mountain Dew in it, and then crush up some freshly uh, freshly sliced and picked mint. Throw that in there. Uh, I added a little uh, Luxardo uh, uh, liqueur, which those Luxardo cherries are better than anything on earth. Uh, I threw that in there. Uh, this time I made one with Mountain Dew, and I made the other one with uh, um, cucumber and lime Gatorade. Uh, and that is a paint can. Throw some ice in there, and you got breakfast to go. Uh, who was better, Brian Barton or Brian Barton? I would say Brian Barton lasted longer, right? Uh, so based on a, um, a strictly 10-year standpoint, I'll say Brian Barton. Jay Leinhart says, you still like Judd Fabian as an option at 21, even with the huge swing and miss in his game? Remember, the Cardinals are drafting 18th and not drafting 21st. And yes, uh, I'll be honest. If This is my thought about Judd Fabian, right? If you know that the only hole in his game is strikeouts, and strikeouts are a big variable, uh, that actually is a big relief to me. I love the idea of him roaming around center field or hitting bombs. Roaming around center, hitting bombs when he's at the plate. I, I, I love it. I, again, I think, that, uh, I think that a couple years ago, we watched Seth Beer drop to like 28 for these same reasons. And not to say Seth Beer is a top-of-the-line prospect, uh, but if Seth Beer played center field the way that Judd Fabian played center field uh, – uh, Seth Beer would be in the lineup every night for Arizona. Uh, he might not have been traded from the Red Sox, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, yes, I'm I'm still fine with Judd Fabian at 18. I don't know many of the other options. Uh, uh, but, again, if you have some free time, you should listen to Birds on the Black, Conversations with Saruti, Ben Saruti with William Bohr from MLB.com. Uh, Jay Linhart 5 says, favorite non-Cardinals minor leaguer to watch. You know, right now, uh, thanks to that first series uh, against Memphis, against um, I should really turn the Springfield game off. Uh, Memphis against the Durham Bulls, Vidal Bruhan, as good as uh, Wander Franco was, Vidal Bruhan was an electric player. I love watching him. From a pitching standpoint, Nick Lodolo for Cincinnati, the Cardinals are going to have their hands full with that young man. I, uh, I cannot tell you how impressed I am with Nick Lodolo. I'm going to see what's going on on Memphis here. Uh, Gwen at Memphis, put it on. There we go. Um, so yeah, like, uh, uh, Vidal Bruhan, ugh, one at four, Memphis zero, Grant Black pitching. Um, Vidal Bruhan and Nick Lodolo. Hey, Jimmy Fleming, cheers to you. Parmesan cheese, shredded or grated? Uh, you know, it depends on what I'm doing. So I like grated on nearly everything. Oh, wait, no. Let me rephrase. I like, like, the thin strips on nearly everything. But if I'm making like risotto or something where you want it a little bit more melty, then I'll use that green plastic bottle and sprinkle that shit on whatever the hell that is. But for the most part, 
I like the uh, the grated uh, more than anything. Now, when I'm I'm having like a charcuterie board, I definitely like it like cut up, maybe a little bit more shredded as compared to grated. Hey, Quinn, to Quinn, I love you, bud. Thanks for being in here. Uh, Noah says at Springfield now, Vinsky just broke up the no-no. I know, I saw it. Uh, Total Cards Move says, are you good with the current lineup once Bader comes back? We'll see. You know, it just depends on how everything goes. It, Bader's still a ways away from coming back. So, look, let me step, let me take a step back. No, I want the Cardinals to not have to rely on Harrison Bader. I would like for Mitch Haniger to be here. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but, yes, so to your point, more than likely, Harrison Bader finds himself back into the lineup. Uh, and what I want to see is if, if Paul DeYoung isn't hitting, I don't want him in the lineup. And if Edmundo Sosa is hitting, I want him in the lineup. If someone isn't hitting, I don't want them in the lineup. I want the guys who are hitting in the lineup. It's just that simple. That's where I'm at. We've been saying it for three years with the St. Louis Cardinal team, even with the acquisition of Nolan Arenado. This team is going to need to rely on streaky hitters and lineup movement. You know, if Tyler O'Neill isn't hitting, and I, I – think that we're going to see this version of Tyler O'Neill all year and maybe for the rest of his career, then move him down. If he's hitting, move him up. If Tommy Edmond isn't hitting and somebody else is getting on base, move him up. We had said that same shit about Dexter Fowler. We said that same shit about Matt Carpenter. You have to be smart about your personnel when your personnel isn't consistently good. Uh, and Mike Schilt doesn't do that. It's been one of my biggest complaints about Mike Schilt as a manager. And it's probably a tough thing to do from a clubhouse perspective. So I probably shouldn't beat up on Mike Schilt too much about it. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, look, I, 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 no, I'm not fine when Harrison Bader comes back. I want more. I want firepower freaking everywhere. I want Francisco Lindor at short, I, which, you know, I, I say that, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. You know, I want Eloy Jimenez in the outfield. I want Luis Robert out in the outfield. I want Mike Trout out in the outfield. Uh, but what, what the Cardinals are probably going to be able to capable of doing, you know, with O'Neill, Bader, and Carlson, and then, you know, whatever's happening at second and short with Edmund DeYoung and Sosa, uh, Sosa can keep this up. Uh, yeah, like, I, I guess I'm fine with it, but I still want them, as much as I want them to continue to acquire pitching, there's definitely a hole there. Total Cards Move says, are you good with the current? Oh, <laughs> I answered that one. Warman Sarah says, any chance they give Nagowski a longer stint? back in AAA to get his swing back? I hope so. I think it just depends on if somebody gets hurt or not. And, you know, not to beat up on John Nagowski, but I think John Nagowski is just like we've been talking about all these years. And he's like Ron Ravello, right? He's a great organizational depth piece. Uh, he's a guy who you can rely on here and there, a good a good guy to go between AAA and AA. You know, Ron Ravello is blowing up for Chicago, uh, the, their, their minor league affiliate, the White Sox minor league affiliate, and he can't get a sniff because Jose Abreu's there. And uh, uh, Mercedes is there. Uh, but look, they're just really good players who are probably high 4A players who provide a lot of depth and a little bit of security where you might otherwise need it. Uh, so yeah, I hope he gets a swing back and I hope he gets a chance to, to kind of hang out there a little bit. Just like I hope that that happens with Lane Thomas too. Uh, Jalen Hart 5 says, do you, do you know how much the Cardinals are using some of the more modern tech like Rep Soto and Edgetronic? They have invested heavily into it. That was part of the agreement with getting Jeff Albert in here, and they've bought into it, and they bought into it hard at the minor league level, and they've bought into it uh, hard throughout the system. So, yeah, they're, they're into it. They're into it. Uh, Quinn says, I can't stay. I have to study for my test on Saturday. Have a good night. You too, bud. Thanks for stopping in, buds. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, again, it is 8.57, and we are at questions from... 
So give me a couple minutes and I'll get caught up. Forever Card says, I'm not sure Nagowski has had a good AB all year. He's had plenty of good ABs at AAA. You know, a lot of these guys, think about John Nagowski. You're John Nagowski. You're 29 years old. You've never got a shot at the major leagues except for whatever the hell last year was. And then you go up to the major leagues and all that you've ever known is being patient and hunting for your pitch and playing every day for the most part. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know what the hell that was. And then you get up to the major league level and you have one at bat and you want to do a little damage and you know you have a good contact tool and you know you have a good eye. And then you're kind of extending a little bit more. Like that's the challenge of major league baseball. Uh, he goes down to Memphis and he's back to his old self. We've seen this with countless players that have made their way in and out of the Cardinals organization over the years. I view John Nagowski as a very good, you know, 25th to 30th man on a roster, uh, depending on who's healthy and who's not. No, it's not saying, yeah, obviously, Noah. Thank you. Jimmy Fleming says, realistic pitching targets for the Cardinals to try for a deadline? I don't know. You know, I, the, the Shures are Berrios. You know, I think John Lester is a better chance. Um, I, I have got nothing for you. Uh, Sarah Ann says, I am raising my glass, but my glass is a jar of pickle juice. Does that still count? I'll go get pickle juice right now. Here, you stay right there. Stay right there. All right. Hi. Oh, oh. Hi, there you are. Oh, my God. To you, Sarah Ann. I raised my jar of pickle juice to you. I fucking love pickle juice. Oh, come on my face. Uh, ha, ha, ha. That's right. Uh, is there something wrong with the pitching development or just a weird transition year? I think there's reason to believe that it's a weird transition year. Uh, I also think, well, remember, like, a lot of these, a lot of these arms in particular are college arms who just – we're drafted in 2019 who missed an entire year. Like Logan Gregg has been impressive. Uh, you know, uh, it, he was hurt to start the year, was impressive out of the bullpen at first, and now he's getting a chance to stretch out as a starter for Peoria. If you're talking about 40 pitches, 50 pitches at most, but he's getting there. He's moving on. Those are good. Connor Thomas already at Memphis. That's a huge push. You know, Matthew Libertor, again, never been above low A. Here he is at Memphis. Here he is pitching for Team USA. Zach Thompson never really uh, – Pitched at the minor league level, except for a couple handfuls of innings. Uh, and here he is at AAA. Uh, I think I think a lot of these guys have been aggressively promoted. You know, Jack Ralston could probably use a little promotion. Andre Payante, to start at Springfield after getting drafted and not having a minor league season, is aggressive. Uh, but they're holding their own. Again, the other thing to keep in mind is that the Cardinals didn't have, like, traditional um, – minor league spring training, there were no uh, games that there were no like scrimmage games. So that first month of the season, you know, your, your starting pitchers are only going 45 to 65 pitches. And then the, the next one, they're not maybe going 80 to 90, depending on where they rank in the system. And they're working on pitches. They're working on location. You know, uh, the stuff that they've been simulating for a month, finally getting a chance to employ. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think that, uh, I think that we're in the middle of a weird transition, and that's why, like, starting now, I'm beginning to adjust my expectations and beginning to invest a little bit more heavily in what's going on in at-bats for both pitchers uh, and hitters. Cardinals fan 22 says, Angel Rondon debut was impressive. Haven't seen much of him, but was impressive. Yeah, look, Angel Rondon is going to throw strikes. Um, sometimes he'll throw too many strikes right over the middle of the plate, and it'll hurt him, and he won't... Uh, there won't be many much in the way of positives, and you'll get frustrated. And then, you know, the sabermetrics people probably won't like him because he doesn't really have a ton of, like, his – so, 
know, he throws a breaking pitch that he'll vary speeds with and vary movement with, and he throws a changeup, and he throws a fastball, and none of them have really good uh, uh, RPMs to them. So because of that, a lot of people are going to be kind of leery about him. They're going to say the bottom's going to fall off. But what he does and what's been sustainable for him for many, many years now, uh, uh, hold on, and what has been sustainable uh, for so many years now with him and why his prospect status has rose is that he's that old school pitcher who kind of outkicks his coverage, just like with Tommy Edmond as a, as a professional, as a, as a position player, who he just kind of like pitches. He just kind of throws. He doesn't really do anything particularly amazingly. He just throws, and he's going to have a career because of it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Look, I love Angel Rondon. You guys know I've been on the Angel Rondon. And speaking of p- pitchers transitioning, Angel Rondon was terrible at the beginning of the year. My One of my favorite prospects, I was worried about. I was tweeting about it. And to watch the strides that he's made, specifically with getting the ball out of the middle of the plate, using his slider slash curveball uh, as more of a cutter here and there, uh, uh, it wasn't biting. Let me rephrase. It wasn't biting. It was more like a cutter, and now it's a little bit loopier when he needs it to be. Has really, really helped. Uh, follow up to pitching question: Who would you part ways with to get them? Man, oh, oh you were talking about uh, pitching deadline people uh, again. You know, uh, you you would have to look at your first and third base options because you're kind of locked in with Arenado more than likely and Goldschmidt. I think that's a smart position to trade from. Uh, you know, I would. We, we focus on prospects. The guys that I'd move is you might as well move Lane Thomas. If he's just going to sit on the bench and he's not going to play at Memphis, uh, you're not doing him any favors and you're not doing you any favors. You might as well move Justin Williams. Uh, you're not doing him any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. Uh, Jake Woodford, although the Cardinals could use him. Uh, uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon. Those are the kind of guys I would move. I'd still hold on to Cody Whiteley. I'd still hold on to Ryan Helsley, unless somebody's crazy about Ryan Helsley. And then, you know, he's really struggled this year in parts. So maybe you focus on something like that. Uh, it'd be tough for me to want to move any pitching. I feel like that's the one thing, like maybe focus on position players, positions of depth, maybe an outfielder here or there, and uh, hope that your pitching that you have holds up and overproduces. Uh, Jimmy Fleming says, other bats are hanging. Oh, come on, this stupid thing. I hate it. Uh, let's see. Other bats are after Hanniger, you're thinking Marte, either one of them. Yeah, look, I'd love them all. You know, Starling Marte makes a lot more sense because I think the Cardinals would be more comfortable with Starling Marte in center than Dylan Carlson. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, but I think that, uh, you know, ideally defensively, you would rather have Tyler O'Neill in right than Hanniger in right, but you don't want to move O'Neill out of left because he's fucking amazing out there. So, yeah, look, there's just uh, there's a lot of moving parts there. Starling Marte makes it a little easier to trade and keep your outfield uh, uh, aligned how you want it to be aligned. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, I again, I like Starling Marte, but I think we have to focus on pitching. B. Padati says, has Nick Plummer turned the corner? I would say, and even now, like, so Nick Plummer was hitting 300. He was hitting 300 a bunch, and now he's, like, at 270 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, he is he's turned the corner to the point where it's not like, oh, this is a legitimate everyday major league outfield prospect. Uh, it's this is a guy who's worth keeping an eye on. His his batting average has ticked down. That's a point that I was getting at. His batting average has ticked down, but he's still making hard contact. You know, earlier tonight, he walked and then stole a base. 
and his swing hasn't changed. And he's still hitting the ball kind of all over the place, just right at people. And I know Cardinals fans are tired of that. They've been hearing that about Matt Carpenter. I know when I tweeted it out, I didn't even make the correlation, and that came back to bite me in the ass. Uh, but, yeah, look, uh, I would say that he has turned the corner so much as to say he's a prospect worth monitoring and a dirty 35 prospect, which he wouldn't have been a year ago. And I couldn't have imagined him becoming, you know, a year ago. Uh, Jimmy Fleming said, time to pour that bullet. To bullet, I will get a sip of my Buffalo Trace. Gus Sports says, pickle juice with a heart. Uh, Cards fan 22 says, I hope Tyler O'Neill does the derby. He would put on a show in course. I don't want Tyler O'Neill anywhere near that derby. Not at all. Nope, nope, not interested in it at all. Do not, do not do it. Do not do it. Uh, look, I want him to be an all-star. I want him to continue to the continue this. And I want him to be in a position to be an all-star, but I've got nothing for him being a part of that home run derby. Let's not even play that game. Sue Styles says, Levi Prater's strikeout numbers are pretty fucking insane. What are you seeing with him? I am seeing a guy who is too talented and has a breaking ball that is way too good for Palm Beach. Uh, the low level of, like, that's a guy who should be at Peoria. Let's let's not, uh, boy, terrible. Uh, anyways, um, that, like, that's a guy who's just too talented. Now, more than likely, because he throws too many pitches, He's going to be a reliever in the long term. You keep him a starter as long as possible. But that is a breaking pitch that has the potential to be plus pretty consistently. It's kind of a slurvy pitch. Um, looks more like a slider to me. But, again, the whole classifications of breaking pitches is a whole different world that I don't understand anymore. Whole different rabbit hole not worth going down. And, uh, yeah, you know, I I, I don't know what to think. I, I, I will say that. I think the, the crux of it, Stu Styles, is my brain went into a completely different direction and I started thinking about other shit. I think the crux of Levi Prater's K success is that he throws a really good breaking pitch, uh, which allows his fastball to be sneaky, and he's specifically going against inferior talent. Uh, that's what I think. Iowa Neck says, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Stu says, I've only been able to watch one of his starts. Yeah, I think most of us have only been able to watch one of his starts, but I think that gave us a pretty good idea. Iwanek says, I kind of like Leonardo Tavares. Any reason to be excited about him? Look, as long as he, he's a big walk guy, right? Um, uh, Freddy Pachicho is the other guy. Like, in my write-up for Peoria, I kind of lumped those two guys into one. And I said they're big K guys. While they're not the same stature, Leandro, Leonardo is like 6'5". Pachicho is like 5'11". Uh, I like Pachicho more than I like Tavares. And the reason is Pachicho has gotten his command under control. And I just haven't, like, while Tavares, his walk numbers aren't there like they have been in the past, I just, his command isn't there. So that would be the reason uh, to not be excited about him. But look, that's a hot, that's a relief pitcher with a high K that if, oh, Avon Herrera just turned on a pitch, but it's a foul ball. Oh, God, that's right. How, that is a fair ball. Man, Nolan Gorman got screwed out of a home run last night, too, and I think Yvonne Herrera just did. Uh, right down the line, called it foul. But, uh, yeah, like, that's it. It's just a matter of if he can keep his command. He has a sneaky fastball and some fringe breaking pitches that he gets away with because of how good his fastball is. So um, he's one of those guys that we talked about keeping an eye on, and I'm about that. Wur Manisher says, how far away do you think Oviedo is from realizing his potential? I think Oviedo is as far away from reaching his potential as he is uh, having an a, maybe a five-start string at Memphis. You know, maybe next year. Th that's what I think. Um, uh, m you know, m maybe by the end of the year, if he can just continue to s 
like continue to press, continue to progress. But I don't think we're going to see it now. I, the, the most intriguing and important thing about his most recent start is that he was just throwing fastballs down the middle. And I think that that's the key for him. Just if I'm Yachty, if he gets if he gets absolutely destroyed, it doesn't matter. Just let him keep throwing fastballs down the middle uh, because it, or breaking pitches down the middle, whatever. Just put it down the middle of the plate because if he, if he knows that he can have success throwing it in the middle of the plate, he might have more success living on the fringes. Uh, that that's what I think. I think, and we talked about it on the last prospects after dark. I've talked about it on the Cardinals off day. I've talked about it on chirps. But I think the the, the very definition of what we've seen out of uh, Johan Oviedo is a guy who really suffered from not having a minor league season in 2020. He was a kid who was on the cusp of a breakout, a cusp of really understanding how to utilize his stuff, and he didn't get a chance to do that. And I think that uh, I think that, that really, really hurts him, and uh, it hurts the Cardinals because of it. Um, but yeah, like that—that's that's just what I think. Uh, let's see, how far away does some of the relief struggles come back to shield for overusing them? Yeah, look, I, I think, I look, it does come back to shield for overusing them, specifically those arms, those same arms over and over again early in the year. But I think it comes back to the very nature of baseball following 2020 uh, and also the lack of depth that they had at the major league level, how worried they were about conserving innings and uh, all of that stuff kind of combining into one. What position are you hoping we draft round one from? I believe it's Tory. I could maybe AK Neatman. I don't. I don't remember who's who. I'm sorry, fam. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, hey, look! Holy shit! I can put it right there. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that could happen. Oh my god, we've got a whole new thing. Uh, so I can click on this little button over here through Streamyard, and it puts the question up. Uh, maybe I'll just do that. Uh, I don't care. Draft the best available player on your board. I don't care if it's a catcher. I don't care if it's an outfielder. I don't care if it's a lefty or a righty. Uh, just draft whoever the best position is, the best player is on your board. Iowa Neck, Derek said, I was excited about Cody Whitley coming into the season, but he's been a disappointment so far. Yeah, again, probably a guy who could have used a couple innings at the minor league level, who we were all, myself included, clamoring for at the May, you know, just break with the camp. Probably a guy who could use a little bit of minor league seasoning who just won't really get a chance. Uh, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, Nelson51962 says, do you see a trade coming? I do, but I don't know if it's going to be something substantial. I definitely think the Cardinals will work to improve their pitching depth by the All-Star break, you know, which is really only a month away or whatever. Uh, but is it going to be substantial? No. Like, I think we've been focusing on the wrong thing, you know, Scherzer and Berrios. I think what you need to do is compile, compile a list of minor league journeymen uh, or long-term starters like John Lester, and look for that. I think that's more than likely the direction the Cardinals will go in. VHS uh, says absolute game changer. Uh, the pickle juice, I'm assuming. I'm not 100% sure. All right, so, uh, okay, so here's where we're at. Oh, do you mean like putting the things on there? Yeah, I agree. I wish I would have known about this uh, uh, beforehand. All right, so, look, I'm about the end of Prospects After Dark. It looks like we're out of questions which is delightful. I thought this was a great episode of Prospects After Dark. For uh, everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, again, oh wait, over under 35 home runs for Tyler O'Neill. I'll say under. I say he gets to like 32. I think that uh, I think that the team starts to get a little bit more careful with them. I think you see his walk rate go up to like five when it's all said and done. But because of that, he's not going to get a bunch of shit to feast on. Um, uh, 
Uh, and I think that that'll kind of curtail his home run projection. To everybody at Birds on the Black, a Tara Woman. Oh, hold on. Uh, like, she drinks. She gives a fuck. But to Tara Woman, I raised my glass. Tara Woman got married last week. She's awesome. She deserves all the happiness in the world because she's honestly one of the most sincere and genuine and wonderful people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, that's the whole Birds on the Black community. Cardinals gifts. Pick the right people. Uh, so to Tara, the lovely and talented Tara, newly uh, Tara Series Steve, we raise our glass. And then to the rest of the Birds on the Black family, who I love with all of my heart. Cardinals Gifts, who uh, I'm not, I don't ever want to do Prospects After Dark without him a part of it. Stu Styles, uh, both of those gentlemen wore my face on their chests at Cardinal games these last couple of weeks. Uh, Stu Styles does the game recaps that are better than anything you're ever going to find anywhere from any other organization or any other fan base. Uh, those, those game recaps are awesome. Nick Childress, who is an awesome artist himself. Uh, again, Tara, we talked about. Ben Cerruti who is doing conversations with Saruti, check him out. I know he's going to have Matt Thompson on from Prospects Live. Check Prospects Live out. Uh, talking about some more draft prospects. That's exciting. Uh, uh, Zach Gifford, who is the best on earth. Uh, Alex Chrisafuli, who is manning the chips uh, uh, broadcasting, the, the chips, the, the chirps broadcasting network. I uh, just interviewed Ben Hockman about Hockman's new book. Check out that book. Uh, it's I, I haven't read it, but everything that I've heard about it has been amazing. It's 11 and 11. It's about the Cardinals' run to the uh, 2011 World Series. It's awesome. Listen to Alex's interview with Ben Hockman. I'll be listening to that tomorrow on my way to work. I'm excited about that. Um, and that's my birds on the black community. To all of the Bot B people, I raise my glass. Uh, let's see. Well, we had some questions while I was yammering on. See any of the recent lefty they picked up? If you're talking about Tyler Pike for Springfield, yeah, I watched him. Uh, he was terrible. Uh, but you can see, like, a good breaking pitch there. I know you're talking about the kid from, like, Minnesota and Baltimore whose name I still Hammond. Or, uh, I watched very little of him, not enough to have an impression. Um, Book to Dano says, Salt and Smoke was just added to the ballpark complex lineup. What, are, what area restaurant do you want next? Uh, you know, I, so down here in the West End, Right next to each other is Pie, and then across the street from Pie is Mission Taco, and then Salt and Smoke. And I think that they're, like those three restaurants should be in every corner of the local area. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think a pie down there would be awesome. Uh, we could use some good pizza down there. Maybe a Dewey's, although that's, you know, that's not – but maybe like a Dewey's or something like that. Uh, a, a local – like I think about um, uh, like the Saraceno family, like – there's already Chris's uh, at the, uh, uh, by the courthouse, um, that or uh, a Bartolino, something down there. Uh, that like that's ideally what I would like, but uh, I just want them to keep adding. The more downtown, the better. Crawfee twenty five says, "How concerned are you that Kalenic, uh, Jared Kalenic struggles are used as an excuse for holding down prospects? I, it's going to happen. Look, whether he's good or not, it's, it was going to happen." I don't think the fact that he went 0 for 30 or whatever it was changes the fact that teams are still going to say uh, so-and-so is working on hitting left-handed pitching or so-and-so is working on uh, hitting right-handed pitching or so-and-so is working on becoming a better uh, DH or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's my thought. I love you too, Gifts. Uh, cheers, Emoji. Let's sweep the Cubs. Yeah, so uh, to all of my birds on the black people, uh, to all of my prospects after dark people, look, I love doing prospects after dark. I love, 
uh, I, I just, I love doing it. I'm sorry I don't do it more. It's super energy consuming, and I'm trying to watch three or four minor league games a night. But to all the birds on the black people, all the prospects after dark people, I raise my glass to all of you. Friggin' cards to you, brother from another mother from another mother. Uh, I raise my glass. As Cardinal Fan022 says, let's sweep the Cubs, which of course isn't going to happen at all, but we raise our glass uh, to you. Ah, to you, Victoria. Enjoy your coffee. Where a man shares has great stream, Kyle. Thank you. Cheers emoji to you, Sarah Ann. Uh, LOL, the Saracenos. Yeah, you know, I, I just like the local people. I'm kind of the worst, but yeah, the Saracenos. Uh, but for every, that was Prospects After Dark on Thursday, June 10th, 2021. Uh, it was a pleasure doing. Thank you. Oh, more corn dogs. That, that K. Diddy. I'll eat corn dogs like the Dickens. Here, I'm going to eat a pickle. How about that? This is how we'll end this episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm going to eat this pickle here. Uh, oh, this is Kyle O'Neill with three times smaller. Mm. 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 Hey, Cucky. How are you? You came in here just in time to watch me eat this pickle, you little boy whore. I'll fuck you like a little boy whore you are, Cucky. Uh, follow Cookie the Dwarf. He's my favorite. You look like that guy who gave me herpes. You go to the zoo a lot. Uh... I go outside of the zoo. Usually I urinate right outside of that gate there. And this this cute little boy, this boy nymph, usually cleans me off, cuck. Ah, what a bad idea. Uh, no fat knob references. I'm disappointed. Look, you can only talk about that fat knob on Tyler O'Neill so much before you come in your pants. Uh, to fat knobs on Tyler O'Neill, we finish our glass of bourbon. For everybody at Prospects After Dark, uh, if you watch us, you're a part of the resistance. I love you all. Cookie, you're the best. We'll talk to you guys later. A drink. Slam. Go Cardinals. Uh, resistance. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. Happy hunting. Happy hunting.